Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of the Time Out with DG podcast. I'm your host, as always, Daniel Gotera. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you guys had a tremendous weekend. The last time we spoke, or I spoke to you, uh, was after the Astros-Yankees series. We had a lot of stuff going on last week. I'm going to recap some of that. And today, our guest on episode 55 is U of H head track and field coach Leroy Burrell. He is a tremendous coach, been at U of H for a long time, um, and he's got that program rolling once again. The men's and women's teams winning championships over the weekend, conference championships, that is. That is Leroy Burrell's 42nd and 43rd conference championships as a coach. Put that into perspective, 42 and 43 championships. Uh, that's a wild number. Uh, always fun talking to Leroy. We talked about the program, the state of the program, what these kids are doing, uh, the fact that he's got a couple of kids possibly heading to the Olympics to represent their countries uh, in Japan if it does happen. And we also talk about his life a little bit and his hobbies or lack thereof, but we have a little bit of fun with that too. So always nice to have Leroy Burrell on. He was great. Uh, but first, let me uh, get this out of the way. Go ahead and like and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. Thanks for those that have uh, supported this little endeavor that I've been doing here. Um, and uh, go ahead and like and subscribe. Give me a great rating. The bosses always like to see that. And uh, we're getting closer to returning to the station. I said that last uh, last episode. We're getting closer. I was in the station in the newsroom for the first time in 15 months this past Friday and Saturday. I don't know if you guys saw me on TV, but uh, I was working in the newsroom. It felt so weird. I was pretty much by myself. There was about four or five other people there, but uh, in the sports office, which I hadn't seen in 15 months, the desk, which I haven't sat in in 15 months, but uh, we're getting closer. And once that happens, I already had some talks with some of our technical folks. Uh, we're going to get some cameras going and incorporate some video. Maybe a live portion of this uh, podcast will be up uh, either on Facebook or some kind of a platform as well. So uh, tune in a little bit later on. We've got some stuff in the works that I think you guys are going to like. Uh, first off, let me let me get this out of the way. Congratulations to the Sam Houston State Bearcats, national champions in FCS. What a game that was. Had me on the edge of my seat, really. I mean, it was awesome. And, uh, yeah, they got it done. Eric Schmidt, boy, that guy is a warrior. Uh, Coach Casey Keeler, who I hope to have on the podcast tomorrow to talk about the game and what it just means for the program. We had him on a couple of weeks ago, and it, that was just a great conversation. But now that they've won the whole thing, uh, might as well talk to him again and see what that was all about, what it's like. He's the first coach to win FCS championships at two schools. Uh, he said they were chasing immortality, and that's exactly what they did. The first ever championship national championship for sam houston state so uh congratulations to bearcat nation i'm so happy to all my friends who went to sam houston state co-workers uh that's a that's a very passionate fan base up there uh they always call me out when i don't include him on things i try to get him in there as much as i can with my sports cast but that is a passionate fan base so i'm glad they had something to cheer about after this just crazy year that it's been wild football season, spring football, but they get it done. They win the championship, so good on Sam Houston. What did we see last week? Before we get to Leroy, let's talk about some of the other topics at hand in Houston sports. Uh, the Rockets season is over, thank goodness. Uh, it mercifully came to an end this weekend. Uh, now, everybody, please go find Steven Silas and give him a fist bump. Can't get, really give him a hug. That's kind of my line, give Steven Silas a hug. I don't know if we're there yet, uh, but... Uh, Go give him a fist bump if you see him because the guy endured something that he probably shouldn't have, didn't deserve to. Um, 
It's a season that hopefully leads to better things. Hopefully a top pick in the draft, number one overall pick. They, they want to land that for sure. Get a guy like Cade Cunningham out of Oklahoma State who uh, is a dynamic player. Kind of injects some life into this uh, franchise once again. They got some young talent, Jay Sean Tate, uh, Christian Wood. They, they, they were good, but, man, it was that was a tough read as we were talking about on Sports Extra last night. A very, very tough read. If it was a book, my last line would have been, go give Steven Silas a hug. His two main players quit on him, uh, which was very unfortunate. Uh, you never want to see that for a first-time head coach. And uh, the one good thing that came out of the season is they got rid of James Harden uh, because they were never going to win a championship with him anyway. So uh, I think they, they, they're doing the right thing. It may take a while to get back to where they want to be, get the stars uh, into this group and, you know, cultivate some star talent again. But they did the right thing. Get rid of James Harden. That was going nowhere. And just let's rebuild. If you're going to rebuild, bottom out completely, and that's what they did this season. It's tough to watch. I know Rockets fans are, oh, my God. I, I don't know how you guys watched all those games, man. It, it, it was tough. But um, thank goodness that season is over and Coach Silas can go uh, go get a much-needed vacation, and that's for sure. What else is going on? Astros playing well. Astros, one of the hottest teams in baseball. Um, they are, what, 8-2 and two in their last 10. Great homestand that they had. Uh, they, you know, they may, maybe, you know, people are saying they played some sub-bar competition. The Rangers are awful. We, we get that. They're not very good. Uh, Angels, though, as Jeremy Booth said on Sports Extra, they could beat anybody on any given night. They're just not putting together wins consistently. And uh, the Blue Jays are a good team. But the Astros' bats are on fire. They're, they're swinging it really well. Yuli Gurriel having a bounce-back year, as, you know, a lot of us hoped he would, expected to have, and that's what uh, – that's what he's having. Jordan Alvarez swinging the bat well. Altuve, Bregman over 300 or close to 300 batting averages. Correa is the only one that's not really swinging it like he would have liked. Probably should have signed that contract before the season started. But he bet on himself, and let's see if he actually turns it around and gets a little bit more consistent at the plate with some better at-bats. And, uh, yeah, the only thing they really need to correct right now is bullpen. Uh, starting pitching is a little bit of a question. Lance McCullers has been nails. I love to see that. Uh, Zach Grinke, a little shaky, but, but pitching, that's that's the one area of this team that we thought they were going to be questionable in, and that's really what it's panning out to be. But, hey, they're playing great baseball. I saw the power rankings come out on MLB.com. I think it was MLB.com. And uh, it had uh, the Astros number two in the power rankings of Major League Baseball. Number one, well, they're just not as good as my White Sox, and that's okay. I don't know how the White Sox are winning games because – most of their star players are hurt, but they're winning games because they got great pitching. So the White Sox won, Astros two. Wouldn't that be an awesome uh, ALCS if that came to fruition? It would not be fun in my world, actually, because uh, I would not be going for the Astros there, guys. I'm going to be perfectly honest. Uh, I would be a mess. The White Sox haven't been in the playoffs. Well, they were last year for the first time, but really, like, really true playoffs, ALDS-type stuff since 2008, and back then I was a mess. My wife hasn't seen me be a mess like that in uh, 13 years, and right now I'm hanging on every pitch, watching every game. It, it, it got those baseball juices back, man, and it's fun. It's fun to see the Sox back, and uh, it's great that their attendance is going to be growing. You know, here in Houston, it's been it's been pretty good. We've seen some nice nice ballpark crowds over at Minute Maid, but in Chicago, they've only had about 9,000 fans allowed to be in the stadium. That's the best team in baseball, and only 9,000 fans are able to show up, but now they're increasing the the number to 60%. Finally, the uh, governor of Illinois and the uh, mayor of Chicago getting their act together and increasing the numbers at the ballpark. 
Uh, so it's been a fun baseball season so far. I'm glad to see the Astros playing well, too. Oakland's tough. It's going to be a fun race all the way to the finish, but they do have a leg up on them because they played so well and have a good record on them so far from those games at the beginning of the season. What else? What else went on this past week? Oh, Texans' schedule was out. Uh, who cares? That's my opinion. I mean, everybody makes a big deal about the schedule, when they're going to play who, and this and that and the other. I Look, we have no idea who's going to be on the field. I have no idea if Deshaun Watson's going to be quarterback, if he's even going to be on this team, if he's going to play, if he's on this team, if he's going to be suspended. You can't really judge the Texans' season yet. You can't get too excited about who they play when until you realize what's going on with Deshaun Watson. If Watson's not there, as we've talked about, it's going to be a really tough season for the Texans. Uh, but everybody's breaking down when they're playing this and when they're playing that. Oh, when they're going to play Arizona, that revenge game, which is total nonsense, by the way, and I'm glad J.J. Watt called that out on social media. All these uh, national outlets, people that don't know anything about Houston sports, are saying, oh, that's a revenge game. It might be for DeAndre Hopkins because he's holding a grudge, a grudge that he should let go of, frankly. I'm getting really tired of. But, uh, you know, J.J. Watt, revenge. There's no revenge factor. I mean, the organization treated him great. It was a, it was an amicable uh, split on both sides. Uh, revenge. That's just to drum up a narrative leading into that game. But the Texans open up with the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence coming into NRG Stadium, the first of many visits for him and Urban Meyer and that Jaguars team. But again, I can't really get excited about his schedule. I can't really break down games in mid-May for the NFL. I have no idea who's on this roster. We have no idea how this team's going to really pan out. There are so many new faces that who who knows what this team is going to look like come end of August after the three preseason games and going into September, that first game against the Jaguars. So I know, I mean, I know everybody loves paying attention to see who went, when teams play, who opens up where, and all that sort of stuff, but... Not me, man. I just can't. I can't, I can't get excited about it. I just. I, I need to see what the team looks like during training camp. I need to see what what we got going on, and then then I can start breaking things down. I will say it is going to be kind of cool to see uh, the Chargers, uh, that Chargers team coming to town. Justin Herbert and that offense. They they were uh, they were pretty good last year, and I got a couple of my Northwestern Wildcats coming into town too for that game. It's in December, so. Um, but as far as breaking things down, I guess that's just nice to fill fill time on radio or fill time on these podcasts, but I can't do it, man. I, I, I just can't sit down and break break down a whole schedule of a team that, frankly, nobody expects to contend. So uh, Texas schedule is out. Rookies were at minicamp this past week. Saw some video from that. It is nice to see, you know, David Cully and Nick Casario out on the football field wearing Texan stuff. You know, in the TV world, we're trying to put together, like, video and what we call VOs. Uh, voiceovers, um, and we, we've been using some of the same pictures over and over because we don't really want them in New England gear or Baltimore gear. We kind of want them in Texans attire or placing them here. So I know that's a little inside baseball type deal for us, but we've kind of had a tough time doing that. But now we have got some video. The Texans sent that over because we still can't shoot video at their facilities. But the uh, apparently the NFL is not going to be having to wear masks. Uh, NFL personnel, if they're vaccinated, they don't uh, have to wear masks at the facility. I know uh, several people that are associated with the Texans or in the NFL are pretty excited about that, too. Uh, so that's what's going on in Houston sports. Lots of stuff happening. Oh, and there was a tiger on the loose, too. Boy, that, that story got a lot of coverage, didn't it? I feel like any time an animal is involved in anything these days, it's going to get a lot of coverage. 
that's thanks to social media. And a lot of these TV stations use these uh, these metrics, right? Like what's trending metric and what's a talker? Like a talker, that's the, that's the big phrase in TV. Like what's a talker? And when they say that, if you ever hear that, what's a talker? That means what's trending on social media. And uh, obviously in Houston this past week, it was that Tiger loose. India was its name, the Tiger and the, the whole controversy around that. Not controversy, but the whole story in the saga about the handler being charged with murder. Like, what? That, that's a story like straight out of Tiger King, right? I feel like that should be in season two if they ever make Tiger King. But they found the Tiger. Everything's all good with that. Uh, anything else happening? Anything else? Not sure. I don't, I don't think so. I think that's all. Houston Sports, Houston Sports News. We're going to have some really crappy weather this week, sounds like. I did, did I hear our meteorologists or our weather people say that there might be some kind of tropical disturbance near Florida by the end of the week? I'm like, it's mid-May. What are we doing? I don't want hurricanes yet. I, no, please go away. Uh, I don't think it's going to affect us, but just hearing tropical disturbance or disturbance in the Gulf, those phrases just kind of like, ugh, they, they, they get me nervous. You know, and I don't like hearing that at all. So, but we're going to get a lot of rain this week. Stay safe out there and be careful. As they say, don't drive through high water. Uh, that's not just some TV jargon. That That is some serious stuff. So uh, pay attention to that too. Stay safe, stay dry. We need the rain, I guess, a little bit. We haven't had a lot of rain lately, but, uh, you know, when it comes in bunches like this, it's kind of it's kind of a bummer because I know my son, he wants to always go outside, play in the park and Told him, ah, we're going to have to kind of do some indoor activities this week. Got some Legos. We're going to build that. So uh, we'll see uh, We'll see what happens there. Okay, enough of me yapping, enough of me talking. Let's get to our conversation of the day. U of H track and field coach Leroy Burrell, a legend in his own right for his athletic accomplishments in track and field. But what he's doing there as a head coach for the University of Houston is tremendous. He's got Carl Lewis, former teammate, U.S. national team. He's coaching as well, has been there for several years, and Carl's really come into his own as a coach. We talk about that. We talk about his uh, lack of hobbies and uh, and a whole bunch more about this really exciting team, and Leroy, Leroy's great. Always enjoy talking to him. So without further ado, here's Leroy Burrell, head coach, U of H track and field program. Coach, congratulations. Another conference championship, two conference championships. That's now 42 and 43. Do those numbers ever get old saying? <laughs> I mean, that's 40, your 42nd and 43rd conference championships as a coach. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't I don't think I've ever sat and counted them. Um, every year uh, when we won one, then they say, hey, it's your plus one, I guess. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's really a testament to the uh, to the you know the kids we have and the, the support um, that that we get the, the staff we have and the tradition um, and we, we just try to try to go out and figure out a way to make it work every year and and we're, we've been very fortunate to, to have done so how rewarding was it to do this this year after what happened last year um, extremely uh, you know I, I can't tell you how, how happy I was for uh, some of the, uh, for the seniors, uh, the kids who, who didn't get to compete last year, the, the kids who were at the NCAA championships indoors and uh, got the announcement the day before the competition, less than 24 hours before the competition was supposed to start. As a matter of fact, that the, uh, I mean, it was being canceled. And, and then all of the things that occurred, you know, we, we didn't have our indoor conference meet, uh, which uh, is a big thing for us. And, you know, and, and even, 
with some of the challenges that we all faced, uh, either collectively as a team or, or in some individual uh, cases with some of the athletes, you know, it was really good to see that uh, not only did they overcome those things, but some of them really bought their, their A game. Uh, it was really a real satisfying uh, competition for me personally, and, and, and I couldn't be more proud of the, uh, the kids and the staff and everybody involved. Yeah, because uh, they posted the video on on your Twitter page, the, uh, the uh, U of H Twitter page. That speech that you gave to the team. I mean, that that is an mm-hmm. emotional moment. I mean, it, it's a mm-hmm. lot of work that goes into something like this. Because as you mentioned, you're going to win a team title. It's every single event, every single person involved's got to be mm-hmm. on point, and they and they mm-hmm. were the last three days. Oh, absolutely. Um, you, know, <laughs> you know, we were just. Uh, I was just uh, texting back and forth with some of, with my with my assistants, and um, we we. We set, I don't know how many program records, four program records, and oddly enough, actually three national records. Uh, uh, Cecilia Tomea Garza set the uh, uh, Mexican national record in the 100. Uh, Tristan Evelyn uh, set the, ba- the Barbadian uh, national record in the 100 meters, and Tristan Gibbons uh, set the Barbadian national record in the, in the shot put. So not only did we win, we set the national records as well, which is really amazing. What makes uh, this group different than others? I mean, you've had so many successful people run through their, uh, literally run through your program. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but every team is different. Every makeup is different. Did you learn a little something about this group this weekend that maybe you didn't know, just kind of the will, the win, the determination? Because they had to put up some comebacks in the last day or so. Yeah, they did. They did. Well, it, it starts with the seniors. And, and then, you know, we're, we're talking about two distinct groups in the, the men and the women. Um, the women's team is really uh, just – uh, the foundation of that team uh, are the the seniors. Um, the seniors throw the throw group, the throws group, which is one of the best in the country. And then in uh, uh, Taylor Scape and uh, and uh, Michaela Michaela Martin and uh, Nora Moni, uh, they are just an unbelievably amazing, amazing young young women. Uh, and then on the men's side, Dio Dio. Uh, I'm sleeping now, so uh, the, it's okay. the, the hey, guys. It was a long it was a long <laughs> I, I've only slept for four hours. Uh, Dial uh, Akindele, and um, you know the the rest of the uh, uh, Travis uh, Travis Collins and uh, Jermaine Halt. They were just really really big for us, and those guys really kept uh, with the glue that kept the whole thing together. They just did an amazing job, and, and I'm really really proud of them. Do you ever sit back and I know you're in the middle of it and you're, you're, you're coaching every day. You're with these, uh, these athletes all the time. Do you ever realize that the type of program that you've built there and how, how, how successful you guys have become the, the consistency mm-hmm. in which you guys win? How rewarding is that? Well, you know, when, when, like, like you mentioned, when you're in the middle of it, you're just trying to you know, make it work day to day and just deal with any challenge that comes your way and, uh, and, and try to just provide the best opportunity that you can uh, for the athletes. And, and, and I think that really is the hallmark and, and maybe even part of the, I guess, the secret sauce, so to speak, that, you know, we, I go about this trying to create the best uh, environment that I can for these athletes to succeed. And, and I think in that process, you know, not only do the athletes perform well, but it also attracts uh, quality athletes that, that want to be a part of it. So uh, we, I think we've gotten to the point now where, where, where this is kind of a self-perpetuating thing. Um, but uh, it certainly goes uh, without saying that, 
you know, you got to do the work every day. And uh, the staff and the athletes and all the support people we have here come and do that. Uh, and, and that's why we're where we are. I always joke about every time I, I'm, I'm, you know, interviewing high school athletes and, and we talk about, oh, what offers have you gotten? And they mention U of H. And, I'm, and, and I always say, well, why are you considering anywhere else? <laughs> because of, uh, as of yourself and Carl. I mean, no, really. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that, I know a lot of people talk about that and the success that you guys have had on this sport. But, I mean, it, it, it's truly a, a great duo to have walking into these homes <laughs> saying, yeah. hey, hey, look, we're successful, not just us, but our team. Look at, look at mm-hmm. what our team has been doing. Well, you know, I, I think that, you know, there's a place for everyone. Uh, and, uh, and, and I'll be the first to admit that they're, they're, this place and, and our situation is not for everyone. Uh, but I think we've done a really good job of identifying who it's for. Uh, and, and so, you know, I, I heard somebody say, uh, sometimes recruiting is not about who you get, but who you don't get. <laughs> and uh, and there have been some situations where, where we, we, we really thought, a kid will, will work here and, and they didn't and we learned from that and and we moved on so you know, we, we're, we're really lucky I mean I, who, who who gets to say that um, you know you've got several uh, Olympic athletes uh, former I don't like to say former Olympic because we're not dead but uh, <laughs> no. Olympic uh, medalists uh, coaching you and and then on top of that uh, we've been able to ground ourselves enough to to be able to relate with the uh, with these student athletes and you know so it, it's just been really great and um you know carl's not only a a, a great coach but also a great friend and and um uh, and i'm really fortunate to have him the university is really fortunate the city's fortunate to have him. how has he how has he grown as a coach since he joined the staff you guys have known each other obviously for for so many years mm-hmm. but as a coach mm-hmm. how has he changed over the last several years to kind of you know fit the role that he is there with you guys Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, first, first and foremost, uh, I mean, the, 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 the what to do and how to do it, you know, I think any, any great athlete you know, can, can answer those questions. But you know, the, real, uh, the real thing that, uh, that I think Carl has, has adapted and, and really, really uh, molded himself into is to be able to communicate you know, with the kids. And in many ways, he, he does – uh, does a little bit more of that than even I, uh, I do, you know, cause my role as a head coach, I don't, I, I can't, uh, I can't often make those, those, uh, really, really tight, uh, relationships But Carl, Carl's been able to do that, uh, with, uh, with, the, with his athletes. And, and I think that, uh, manifests itself in, in, uh, amazing performance. I think I, I heard an interview he did the other day. I, I can't remember with what outlet, but I, I found it to be kind of interesting. He was talking about how, you know, there's so much attention sometimes put on these athletes going to power five schools or whatever, yeah. whatever that means. But we've seen some, some other schools yourself, obviously included North Carolina A&T is, has been mm-hmm. pretty successful recently. Mm-hmm. I mean, have you seen kind of the winds changing there a little bit? Because I mean, I, I think, I think some of these high school athletes are really expanding themselves to other opportunities. They, they're not just honing in on, Oh, the traditional power fives, right? Yeah. I, I, I yes, I agree with that. Um, I, I, I don't think it's just a, uh, a phenomenon that's occurring in track and field. I think you're, you're, you're finding that, you know, athletes are looking for opportunities to, to, uh, compete, uh, and, and, uh, you know, train and, and hone their crafts and craft, and, and a lot of, I, I think I'm noticing that a lot of athletes don't want to go too far away. Um, 
And I think that opens up opportunities for, uh, for institutions like the University of Houston and many of the American Athletic Conference institutions. Because the reality is, um, for the majority of the athletes, they're not going to, they're going to compete really well. You know, some are going to compete really well, get opportunity to compete beyond uh, their, their college years. But when it's all said and done, would you rather go to a school in a college town where there really aren't very many opportunities for you beyond uh, your, your education, the time that you're there? Or do you want to go to school in a major metropolitan area? You know, and in particular in Houston, where there's just so much opportunity, so much employment opportunity, so many uh, networking opportunities. It, it, to me, it, 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 it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of a no-brainer. You know, would you rather be in you know, a 75,000 population college town or would you rather be in a major metropolitan area? I'll take that every day. You mentioned the, that some kids aren't aren't cut out for the program. That's not a slight on them. Then maybe they're 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 going to fit somewhere else. So what yes. what um, what type of athlete are you looking for? And you mentioned how some people are trying to stay local. Well, there's no better spot for high school athletes than yeah. track and field in Houston because there's so mm-hmm. much talent around here. Mm-hmm. What, what is the type of athlete that you're looking for to fit your program and that has had success there? Well, I mean, we're we're a, a bit a big time uh, grinded out type program, um, you know. So the the high school athlete that's been, um, you know, kind of coddled and you know handled with, with kid gloves and you know can't handle a little bit of uh, constructive criticism. Uh, you know, those, those kids struggle a bit here, and and then I, also this is a you know, this is a. a, a um, a big fish pond, you know, you, you, we got some really good guys here. And if you don't want to come in and, and, and compete and fight for an opportunity, um, then it's not necessarily the place for you. And, and I think that, that that's part of what we do. I mean, a little bit of how, what, what makes us uh, who we are is there's a bit of a survival of the fittest situation here. You know, that the, the four best guys are going to get the best opportunities. Um, and, uh, and, and I think everybody wants to be a part of that. You know, it's become a real big uh, status symbol to, be, to run, to run the, the four-by-one relay for us because we're always in it. Uh, or we have fortunately been in it for, for several years now. And so guys want to come and they want to be a part of that. Well, I mean, that's not going to happen automatically here. You're going to really have to earn it. Uh, and you're going to have to earn it when people aren't looking at practice. You know, you're not going to get it. Get the, you're not going to get the opportunity and we'll, we'll evaluate and say, hey, you deserve to be out there. It's going to be that you'll, 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 you'll go, come to practice and you'll, you'll push yourself and you'll, you'll train hard and you'll do things the right way to put us off the team in the best position. And then you'll get that opportunity. Kind of like a true meritocracy. That's what you're, what you, what exactly. you built there. And so, given that, how much do you lean on those seniors that you talked about earlier to help guide these athletes in the individual event? Because I mean, you're all over the place. You're trying to get to mm-hmm. as many people as you can, and you mm-hmm. rely on your coaches too. But I mean, in track and field, you got to rely on your kids uh, to really put in some of the work and get some of these other talented people that you're bringing into the program going. Well, well, yeah. I, I mean, there's certainly some uh, an element of that uh, to a certain ex- certain extent, but really, I think the 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 performance and the and the results speak for themselves. You know, so uh, and, and then if you, you couple that with with you know Carl and, and I and the rest of even the rest of the staff. You know, generally, if you make a call, 
you'll get you'll get you'll get an answer. Um, now, whether whether the the discussion moves beyond that is a, is another thing, and and really it's up to the to our uh, you know student athletes and the guys and girls on the team. You know, to just go out and perform, you know, live up to the standard, you know, and the standards always rising, you know, and so there's always a little bit more pressure, um, you know, so so we just ask them to hey, just keep working, live up to the standard. I mean, the standard, the bar has been set pretty high and uh, you're not going to get over it with the with the lackluster effort. You know, we're coming up on 30 years since that four by 100 that you guys came uh, ran mm-hmm. in 1992. Can you believe it's been 30 mm-hmm. years <laughs> since you guys did that? You see all this, you see all this, you see all this gray hair? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank God it's been 30 years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's pretty wild though, right? I mean, you, 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 I mean, you're working alongside Carl all the time, but I mean, that, mm-hmm. that, that's still such a memorable experience for you now that we're coming up on a, on a big anniversary for you. Yeah, you mean every once in a while, um, I'll if I'm digging through some old stuff or or uh, looking at some old pictures, I'll start thinking about that stuff. But a lot of times, a lot of my time now is, is just focused on, you know, trying to you know make this uh, you know the best situation possible. And then when I'm not doing that, I'm actually just trying to decompress. You know, <laughs> honestly, I'm just trying to get a little bit of a little LBT, which is uh, Leroy Burrell time. You know. So. Well, what do you like doing on Leroy Burrell time? You, or what do you, you golf? No, no, no golf. track okay. coaches don't golf. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Okay. You know, we, Cause you know, we, we have to grind. Uh, but I, I, uh, I know I just like to spend time at home, my family, um, you know, just you know, relax. I mean, we, we, I think meets, our, our meets last can be all day affairs. So usually the, the first day afterwards, I'm, I'm like, okay, let me just kind of rest up a bit. And then, then, uh, you know, then, I mean, I, I mean, I'm like a lot of, uh, I think a lot of coaches, I don't have a lot, I don't have hobbies, you know, I don't play golf. You know, I, I, I try to you know take care of my, my family, take care of my team, you know, and, and when I can't do that, I just want to be still and rest, you know, and I, and I think, uh, you know, I think that's a bit of a common theme that you find with uh, with a lot of a uh, lot of coaches who are really you know who, who get a lot done. Now I did talk to your sister. I did interview her a little while oh, ago okay. uh, uh-huh. uh, about she was over uh, at a celebrity golf tournament recently, oh. and uh, so I got to ask you. You don't have any hobbies, but how are you as a cook? Because it seems like she might be uh, <laughs> she may be running circles around you on that. Well, well, I mean, obviously, I mean, she's uh, she's amazing. <laughs> yeah, um, right. I, I can I can I can cook now. Okay, uh, I think I think See, it runs in my family. You know, I used to cook a lot more. I don't cook nearly as much as I used to. Uh, but um, you know, I mean, I, but I can. I mean, I'm not going to starve. <laughs> so, and, and and it's not going to taste awful. Put it that way. So, but no, my but. Just as, on a side note, I mean, what what my sister's done has been just uh, amazing. Um, you know, with with cult- culture and the James Beard Award, and and now with the new new projects that she's working on, and you know, Top Chef. I mean, you know, before you know it, you know, it it, it won't be uh, Lyra Burrell's sister. Uh, it'll be uh, Dawn Burrell's brother. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll, um, what's the next step for this program? Like what, what, what do you have? I mean, there's, there's obviously a lot in front of you, the things that you want to accomplish, but what, mm-hmm. what, what's, what's out there? What, how do you get to that next goal from where you guys are right now? Well, it, it all starts with, uh, with, with, 
getting better athletes. Um, you know, sometimes we you 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 out recruit your previous recruiting uh, class, and you know, and, and that that's a, a, a challenging uh, you know thing to deal with. But you know, it, it just starts with you got to get the the right kind of people, the right kind of athletes here, um, the right combination and uh, of uh, events, uh, and then you got to get a little lucky. I mean, we we've been a little unlucky the past couple of our national championships. Uh, but you know, we were just kind of taking a look at it this year. And, and we think that we can put ourselves in position to get, uh, you know, to make a run at a, at a trophy again this year, which will be remarkable given the fact that, you know, just uh, two years ago, we lost, uh, you know, five, I'm sorry, six athletes to sign professional contracts, but, you know, yet still we find ourselves there. And, and I think what I'm really excited about as well is that, you know, the women are, are, uh, you know, there as well. The women, the, the stature of the women's program, you know, has increased uh, phenomenally over the past uh, year. We saw it coming, uh, but uh, to see it uh, actually uh, unfolding right in front of your face is just real, is really, really satisfying. And finally, I got to ask you, since we're now, I guess, in an Olympic year, since last year didn't mm-hmm. happen, how, did, mm-hmm. you, did you just really feel for some of those athletes last year given that you put in all the work and you competed at that level, mm-hmm. they're about to go and then bam, everything stops. And then they got to kind of recharge the batteries and go. I mean, that, that, that is not easy, especially for, for these events that you guys are mm-hmm. competing in at the Olympics. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's not. Um, but I think uh, you're, you're, you're seeing uh, in the level of performance that, you know, some of these kids might've needed that time off uh, because uh, I mean, the, the sport, the, the level of performance that we're seeing over this, this, this year uh, with having many of, kids, many of these kids having six, eight uh, months off is, is just amazing. And uh, at the collegiate level and, and at the, uh, the professional level. And I think uh, we can get this, uh, get the games to the, to the proverbial uh, finish line. Uh, I think it's going to be one of the most, most amazing uh, um, athletic spectacles uh, I think we're going to see in a long time. Well, Leroy, thanks for uh, taking all the time and congratulations on that. And hopefully you guys, uh, guys bring home that national title, compete for it. That's, that's exciting. That's the next. Thank you. See, you won't have much Leroy Burrell time. It's not over yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, I don't anticipate getting very much time to myself until probably uh, August. <laughs> so with the okay. games, because I think we'll, we'll be over there with a couple of these kids. It's with college kids, actually. Oh, is that right? Oh, for uh, other countries? Did you, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Well, I mean, Sean, uh, Sean is is uh, is likely going to obviously going to be for South Africa, Tristan for uh, Barbados, uh, and Brienne uh, for uh, for the Bahamas. You know, and then it's a matter of which one of the post collegiate guys that we still have have here uh, that'll make the uh, the U.S. team. So you'll go with them, then you'll you'll yeah. you'll go. Oh, okay. Yes. Absolutely. Excellent. So, well, good luck. Enjoy the great. trip. Hopefully you guys make it. I hope they, I hope the, the games happen this year. I mean, I, I just feel bad for so many of those. those it, it's kind of nerve nerve wracking, but I think what you're, what you're going to find is that, um, you know, a lot of the athletes are, are taking care of what they, their part, you know, they they're vaccinated and ready to go. And it's just a matter of whether Japan can kind of hold it together there for, you know, the next couple of weeks. Thank you very much, Leroy. 
for uh, taking the time on this Monday to talk to me about those championships, what it takes to win those championships, and the type of players that they want to bring in. I, I thought it was fascinating, the, fa the fact that he talked about this is a big fish pond when he uh, was referencing his program. It, you need kids that want to compete, and I love that. I love that that type of structure in a program. I mean, you, you, you want kids that are motivated, that, that want to beat the upperclassmen. They want to beat the seniors, the juniors, the sophomores when they come in as freshmen. And uh, that's why they're having so much success over there. So one of these days, I predict Leroy is going to win a national title with that U of H team. Just It's just a matter of when about getting that right mix of, of, of athletes. I wanted to say players, but it's athletes to kind of all buy in and everybody have great performances on championship weekend. So it takes a whole team effort in track and field, but Leroy is the man to lead that program. So thank you, Leroy, for taking the time to talk to me. That's going to do it for this episode, episode 55 of the podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. I want to be back tomorrow with head coach KC Keeler of the national champion Sam Houston State Bearcats. We're also going to talk about some vaccination issues. I I'm, I'm torn. Don't know whether to get the vaccine. This is true True story, real-life problems for me. I don't know whether to get the vaccine. I'll talk about my thoughts on that and hopefully Coach Keeler tomorrow on the Time Out with DG podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I will see you next time.